Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk, drunk, to drunk account, drunk account, drunk accountant. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. That is the sultry tones of my <laughs> co-host, Daniel Osborne. Yes, I am the host of this podcast and Tim is my co-host. <laughs> I just called you the co-host. You are the co-host. Oh. Thanks, co-host. <laughs> I don't think there is such a thing as like a host and a co-host. Yes, there is. Is there? Yeah, I'm the host and you're the co-host. Look, I'm fine with it mm. because that means you have to do more of the work. So. Yeah, well... I do. Okay. <laughs> you own 51%. I own 49%. Now, you own 50.5% and yeah. I own 49.5%. So, technically, you have all control and, and ownership rights, really. But the income distribution is... Pretty much evenly split. <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. Yes. Well, uh, this is the Two Drunk Accountants. My name is Dan. I'm Tim. And we're coming live at you from Queenstown. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh. Uh, when this is released, though, um, we will be in Queenstown. So this is the second episode that we're recording in advance. It is, again, one of our quick 30s. Yeah. Um, Dan's uh, chesty cough, I suppose, will be evolving into a full-blown chest infection by this time in a week, yeah, which would be great. What I'm really looking forward to, Tim, is pneumonia. <laughs> That'll be good. Do they even let you fly home with that sort of stuff? You're going to be stranded in New Zealand for a few weeks. Could be worse. You've got travel insurance though, right? I've got travel insurance, oh, yeah. I'll take my work laptop. I'll uh, finally get that property in Glenorchy I've been talking about for a year. <laughs> That's what VPNs are for. Yeah, exactly. And then um, you could just watch a lot of The Lord of the Rings. Don't even need to watch it. Just look out the window. Probably be on some heavy drugs. Just look out the window. <laughs> you might even go on a quest of your own. <laughs> you know, it's- It'll be good. No, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Um, yeah, yeah, so, this episode today is uh, an episode on, it's the new financial year. Yeah. What are things that you need to do mm-hmm. to give to your accountant? Yeah. This episode is sponsored by no one because this is a free show with no money involved. Every week. <laughs> Until someone does want to sponsor us. And, yeah. then, and then, oh, we're absolutely, I'll, anyone really. I'll do anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, reach out to us. Um, we'd love some sponsors. Not that we've been actively searching for any lately. Would you allow James Hardy as a sponsor? Because they're like basically the devil, aren't they? Yeah. Probably I can't not. believe they're still a company. Uh, I, I probably would not. No. I would not. That's not cool. No. Not cool at all. So, anyone, anyone but James Hardy? Yeah. Um, well, like I probably wouldn't let like... Marlboro Cigarette Company sponsors. Ah, yeah. yeah. Or like an arms dealer. Not that they would, but... <laughs> I'm all about con- congruency. Congruency. So. so, you know, if anyone's in like the sustainability industry or mm-hmm. um, like a, a non-for-profit animal shelter... The problem is... And they want to sponsor the podcast, sounds great. What are they going to give us? Like a an animal that's... Needs a home. No, it's maybe it's like they're doing a fund a funding drive and they want people to send money in. Yeah. Maybe I'd mention that for money. Oh, but <laughs> but then really those things aren't paid gigs, Dan. Yeah, they're payers. Oh, they're paying us. <laughs> no, but we'd be happy to support people like that. If you do want support, then let us know. Yeah, let us know. 
Tim Tim Denlow? Yeah. Um, what is, is the, the Tim and Denlow? I wouldn't be able to hit the high note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all low. Uh, I'm all low. Um, Tim, my Tim and Denlow this week is I'm just you know I've really enjoyed Queenstown. <laughs> This, we got there on you know on Sunday, and I was a bit worried that the the snow wasn't going to be good. Yeah, but luckily they had that big dump of snow, a huge dump of snow. Uh, we went into the ski rental place, and there was all the things I needed right there for me, <laughs> even though I didn't book in advance. Yeah, and your sizes, and all my well. sizes were and there. nice colors. I bet they nice didn't colors. give you like the nineties jackets they yeah, got left. There wasn't like that off pink. Yeah, yeah, it was just nice, like slimming black lycra. Yeah, too too bad. Too bad if you get um, Lycra, you know, if you're in Queenstown and you haven't booked ahead. Yeah. Not yeah. you, because you did. I, no. And we're talking in the retrospect here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, so that's really, really enjoyed that. I, we've had a nice couple of Ferg burgers. Oh, yeah. Delicious. And uh, we've, I guess, we've probably completed a few challenges too. So Completed a few challenges. Um, yeah. It's been a good week. Good week, good week. Thanks, Queenstown. <laughs> Thanks, Queenstown, for the memories. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Tim, how's your week so far? Well, it's been all right. I'm still packing for Queenstown, so <laughs> not really sure what shoes to take. Yeah, I had that dilemma last night because I packed most of my stuff. I've, I've put basically, I don't own that many clothes, so I just put everything I own in a suitcase. Mm. Um, so, I've, I've taken some boots, um, like Timberland types. They're Timber. not actual Timberlands because I don't own any Timberlands, but they're like, like Timberlands. The Kmart version of... Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, and I'll probably... Orford seems to think... That's Orford on the street. Um, seems to think he's also taking some vans or something. So, I'll take, yeah, some, I'll take my volleys along maybe. I was, I was um, thinking about that and I was like, I'm not sure how relevant that will be for me. I don't know. I think I'll just wear my boots the whole time. Yeah, me too. I may regret that. But uh, I looked at the temperature. I don't think it's getting above six on any. Oh no, it's it's freezing in Queensland. Yeah, I mean, as we know, we've been here for a week. We've been there for a week. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Queenstown, Mm. for the uh, awesome snow, Mm. the Ferg Burgers, and the uh, the Kiwi beers. I guess Tui, 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 T U I. Yeah, and the immunity boosting tea that I got from the bar. Yeah, true. That really fixed you up. It was really great. Mm -hmm. Really great. Thanks for that. Um. So, Tim, do you have a business update this week? Yeah. I've got one. Well, why don't you do yours? All right. Very quickly, mine is just that um, there's a lot of news out there last week um, before we went to Queenstown about the credit card insurance that all the big banks and things were selling with their credit cards. Yeah. And essentially, it was kind of like income protection to pay off your credit card should... Yeah, you, you stop getting income. Yeah, um, but the corporate regulator, um, ASIC, uh, basically have come out and said it's rubbish. Mm. It's nonsense insurance. It doesn't actually help anyone, and hasn't helped anyone. Hey, um, banks wouldn't sell insurance that wouldn't be useful to people, or that would never really result in helping someone, would they? No, definitely not. I've, I've, not my bank. I have a lot of trust <clears throat> for banks. Yeah, not my bank. <laughs> Um, question, which I'm, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this. When you're in New Zealand, you can just use your Australian cards, can't you? Yeah, I'm but I, there'll be the case. definitely a, a convert. Like as I've experienced this week, there's yeah. a conversion fee for the people that don't have an ING orange <laughs> every day. I, I don't have. Didn't you con- read the Barefoot Investor? Uh, I don't have a conversion fee on my 28 degrees uh, Mastercard. But can you withdraw cash on it? 
with as a small fee on that. Mm. So I can. Um, technically, you start paying interest yeah, from you the pay first interest. dollar. You pay interest. But if I pay it off the next week, I've paid like three bucks interest. So it doesn't really bother me. That doesn't fit into Tim's tight ass traveling tips. It doesn't, but I'm not with ING. So, And I thought or, about it briefly early in the week. I was like, should I just sign up for ING? And then I was like, nah, I'd never get the card yeah, in time. No. That's too late. You could just transfer me money. Yeah. I'll charge you a smaller fee no, than what your credit card would charge you. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the principal, you'd prefer to pay more for money to a bank than your own friend. Correct. Than your own best friend. <laughs> Correct. I'm You're not giving my co-host acquaintance anything. So, I'm your best friend? Co-host acquaintance. Oh. We are workplace proximity acquaintances. Oh. Yeah. Uh, technically, I spend more time with you than you spend with Kat. It's so. true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It's true. So, back to that insurance anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's no rubbish. Good. Don't get it. Yeah. Well, they're, apparently, they're just really selling it hard. And that, that was the issue that it mm. didn't really benefit anyone and, the, and they sold it to everyone. Wow. Yeah. What a ripoff. Ripoff. Um, there are a lot of insurances with credit cards. Mm. I was speaking to a friend the other week who has a credit card that gives him travel insurance. Yeah. That, that'd and be good. That gave him peace of mind. But then I at the same it time- everything. Yeah. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Like either. I said, I mean- Banks, as if they're going to give you something that's I imagine a you're, proper product. You're one of those guys that probably has an annual travel insurance policy, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. We'll have to add you to that, Dan, mm. as well. Yeah. My, because really, we shouldn't be catching the same plane together anymore no. now that we're business partners. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. Who's going to host the podcast <sighs> if one of us goes down, Tim? It's all... Who cares about work? The podcast is what's important. I can't... Maybe... Maybe Nike. I mean, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next week. We've taught him everything we know. Hmm. Well, I taught you everything I know and you taught him everything <laughs> you know. So. Turn it up. Uh, not the volume? No, not the volume. Your jerk. Oh, Dan. Oh, Tim, it's past the 10 minutes. There we go. Let's move on. Tim's tight tip. Ah, do, do we miss it this week? The tight tip or... No, jump in real quick. Okay, real quick. Uh, this applies to us this week. We mm. went to Queenstown and um, some of us didn't bring gear. Mm. And that was actually a really smart decision mm. because you might be thinking, well, that means you have to rent everything when you get there. Mm-hmm. But if you're only skiing for five days in a whole year, re- um, buying skis or buying boots or even a board is mm. definitely a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Um, everything that you buy is going to be superseded within 12 months. So, like the skis, within 12 months, there's going to be newer, better technology. Mm. And um, me as a skiing enthusiast, but I still, I only ski like once every couple of years. Mm. I'd much rather rent the brand new skis that have all the latest gizmos. It's true. And then even like, this is a cool thing they do at the rental companies. Uh, you can go swap your skis every day as well mm-hmm. and, and ski on a different set each day if you really want to, mm-hmm. which is really awesome because you can one day you could have twin tips, the next you could have fat skis, the next you could have carvers that are a bit shorter. Yeah. Um, and it it's cheaper than buying a pair of skis. They're just going to go rusty and, and moldy in uh, in your garage. So Absolutely, that's Tim. That's Tim's hardest tip. If you're not skiing a lot, but you are going to go skiing, rent your gear. It's not actually like dead money. No, I suppose. I, I've got a, something else to add on to this. Dan's dollar savers, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, don't buy skis, but you could buy 
jackets and pants yeah. if you find cheap enough ones. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good add-on there. Yeah, so there or, are some or even things. goggles. Goggles are a good gloves. One. You'd hate to rent, like, say, borrow a pair of goggles from your friend and then mm. and then <laughs> break them or something. Or, yeah, I mean, like a tiny, tiny little scratch on the on the front lens. That would be unfortunate because then you may or may not have made a promise that you'd buy a whole new pair. Correct. If that happened, especially if they were really expensive yeah. goggles. So, on an unrelated note, um, so for this trip, I've got some great goggles yeah. that I'll be wearing. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, but I agree with you there. So, jacket pants, as long as you're not going to put on a lot of weight or grow, yeah. you can get those things. Exactly. And potentially boots. So, boots aren't that expensive. You can mm. get ski boots or snowball boots for like- Do you have boots? Yeah, I've got boots. That's you're taking your own boots. I'm, I'm bringing boots. Right. Um, I bought them a long time ago. So, I've already recouped my money from those boots. From the boots. And now, they're going to save me a couple hundred bucks because I'm skiing for two weeks. Because I'm, I'm renting skis, poles, boots, jacket and pants. But only, I have helmet, gloves, and goggles. Only accountants would think about the amortization or depreciation of their snow oh, gear yeah. and return on investment <laughs> yeah, from exactly. that sort of thing. So, but there's a, that's a, it's a real thing. It's a great tip. It's a real thing. I like your tip, Tim. Thanks, Dan. Uh, let's move on to our main topic. Yep. As we said earlier in the episode, the main topic today is... Getting ready for tax time. Yeah. If you're a business. Specifically for business people. Specifically for business people. Um, you may have heard... Oh, there goes my phone. Uh, you may have heard me a fair few times during this episode uh, take a big gulp of my green tea here. Mm -hmm. But um, I apologize for everyone that doesn't like the sound, but it's getting me through. <laughs> it's getting me through. But what does that have to do with being prepared for tax time as a business person, Dan? Not much. Oh. Yeah. I can't find a segue there. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, there's a few things that you need to do or to have done. Um, you're probably a little bit late on a couple of the bits. Um, the first one that I'm thinking of here is stock take. Yeah. Yeah. So, 30 June passed a few weeks ago and we did cover this in that episode, which Dan accidentally deleted. But mm. um, um, it's a great idea to do a stock take mm -hmm. at 30th of June. Now, if you haven't done one, don't stress too much. You might be able to figure out what it was a few weeks ago yeah. or do a pretty close estimate of that. Do one today. Yeah. And we're only two Absolutely. weeks out. I mean, if it's if you don't think your stock has changed too much or you can yeah. look in your software and see what was purchased and sold and you can backdate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, that's 100% something you need to do if you carry stock. Correct. Um, it makes your financial reports more accurate. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that will affect your tax. Correct. If your stock declines over a year, then it will decrease your profit. Mm -hmm. If your stock increases over a year, so you mm -hmm. end up with more than what you started with, yep. it will increase your profit. Yeah, and a little bit of an explanation because some people might be like, well, why is buying, or why is having more stock at the end of the year increasing my profit? The mm -hmm. reason is, um, so during the year, Generally, you might be making purchases and that's going to an expense. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the year, when you look at what your stock is, you actually add that back to your yeah. profit. So, if your stock is higher than what it was at the beginning of the year, you're taking out those expenses mm -hmm. and putting them on the balance sheet as an asset instead of an expense. Mm. Therefore, less expenses, higher profit. And you might be thinking, why am I taking out expenses for ending stock? Well, it's simply because you can't claim... An expense for something you haven't sold yet. Yeah, it's it's, it's an asset. 
if you think about it, yeah, you've just converted cash into something that still has worth mm. in your business because you can Correct. sell it. That's right. Um, but there are a few things you can do. You can you can choose the lower of um, the cost or the replacement value. Yep. Or or sale value. Yep. So let's say you've got some stock you bought for hundred dollars, mm. and now it's only worth ten. Well, you could actually you could write it down. Write off a lot of the value yep. of that stock. That's right. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of things you need to do in that stock take, um, but definitely get it done now because it will make your financial statements more accurate. Mm-hmm. The other thing to consider is if you are a small business and you don't believe your stock would have varied more than $5,000 from the previous year, yeah, you, you don't have to do the stock take. Definitely. They, there is a concession to allow you to just carry on yeah. um, and use the opening same opening and closing balances um, yeah, you know, it's a good one. It just makes life a bit easier for you. Yeah, there's a lot of small businesses like um, who are in hospitality, let's say, yeah. and they've just got a rolling um, value of food and drinks. Exactly. That really, like, really doesn't change much from year to year. Nah. So they wouldn't need to do a stock them. take at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but a warehouse full of stock mm-hmm. um, probably would, and probably you, should, and you'd want to. Yeah. I mean, a warehouse full of stock. If you don't know how much stock you've got. That's mm. that's a, a warning sign to me. Yeah. That's alarm bells ringing. Exactly. Because they're, you could be losing cash, losing money without mm. even knowing it. Exactly. Things going off, things being lost. Um, so, yeah. So, that's uh, number one. Yep. What's, Do a stock take. What's the next thing, Tim? The next thing um, to me would be to look at the accounts receivable, actually. Yeah. And, and also work in progress. Mm-hmm. Because those things are pretty closely related. So, let's start with accounts receivable. Um, Accounts receivable are invoices that you have sent out Mm -hmm. that are still owed to you. Correct. At the end of the financial year. Absolutely. They're also known as trade debtors. Yep. Or debtors. Yep. Um, A good example of that is, um, Dan is a debtor of mine. What do I owe you? He owes me a new pair of goggles. <laughs> <laughs> because he chips the lens on no, me and he I, borrowed them from me. I repaid that. In Japan. <laughs> I've repaid that. Not yet. No, this, the, the frame hasn't fit yet. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they're upstairs. After this <laughs> podcast, we're going up to swap lenses in our goggles. <laughs> they look like they'll fit. Yeah, they're, they're the exact same pair. They're just a different color. Yeah, no, I'm confident as well. But right now, you're still a debtor of mine. Right now, I'm still And so, if I was doubtful that you were going to pay that debt, yeah. it would actually be beneficial for me to strike you off mm. my accounts receivable because yeah. technically, I might be paying tax on that amount owed to me. Yeah. If you know, there is a, and there's another small business concession, um, which allows you to pay tax on a cash basis rather mm-hmm. than an accrual basis. Definitely. And not every business does this. Yeah, um, because it can be a little bit of a, it can be a bit nasty sometimes. Yeah. Because it, it reverses out in this year. So, let's say you've made a profit of 20 grand. Yeah. You're owed 40. Yeah. And you reverse that in, for tax purposes. Yep. So, so loss of 20. Loss of 20 in your tax return. Mm-hmm. Say this is a company. In the next year, you then actually add in that 40 into your sales. Yeah, because they assume you received all that sales during the year. Exactly. And then at the end of that year, you minus out 
your, that year's mm-hmm. um, accounts receivable. But so, if it's less, yeah. it adds to your income. Exactly. And yeah. so, let's say in year two, you have a really big year, really mm. big profit, and you're not owed anything. Yeah. You're adding 40 grand to your profit. That's really going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. So, it helps you this year. It can be detrimental next year. Um, but still, you know, it, it can really save your tax too on the flip side. Yeah. So, a, a lot of people do do it. Um, it is a concession that you can have. And you don't need, this is in Australia, by the way, um, but you don't need to account for your accounts receivable then um, as much. But even in saying that, mm. you still need to know yeah. what money you're actually going to have coming in. And <laughs> mm. because it does add back on it, that figure should be accurate. Yeah, I mean... Um we never confirmed this, but last time we recorded this podcast and you mm-hmm. deleted it, um, I mentioned something about if you don't write off a debt yeah. before it um, moves into the liquidation stage, mm. I think potentially it's not deductible. Yeah, there was the thing. Um, I, I did look it up. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to the to the bottom of it, but it, it might have been if you don't, like if they announce that there's a creditor's thing yeah. and then you don't say, yes, I'm a creditor. Right. Then I think, I don't know. Yeah. But we're having a liquidator on soon, so... Yeah, true. We can actually ask them that. We'll ask, we'll ask them about that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not keen to write off debts. No. If, if ever I can avoid it. No. But you have to be realistic. And if it's doubtful that you're going to receive it, I think you should write it off. Mm. Still chase it. Mm. By all means, try yeah. and get the money. Yeah. But in your accounts, write it off. Yeah. So that you're getting rid of the trash. You're not looking at it every day mm. and you're not... And you're making sure you're not paying tax on it. Yeah. So, that's an important thing. Review your accounts receivable. Yep. And what about WIP, Dan? Yeah. WIP's another one. But before we get into that, on the other side, it's your accounts payable. Oh, true. So, I thought while we're still in the accounts, you you should do the exact same thing with the payable. So, you might have... um, The reason we review these is because this is actually a really common place for errors. Mm. Um, So, as an example, you might enter a bill that you owe into, Mm -hmm. say, zero. Yeah, let's say you owe Oakley Glass. Um, yes. <laughs> Oakley, you owe them 180 bucks. Oakley goggles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, but then you pay that 180 dollars. Yeah, and, and it comes through your bank feed, and you enter it as just an expense there. So you've doubled up. Yeah, because you've entered a bill mm. that's not paid yet, and the t- when you actually paid it, you've entered it as just a normal spend money expense. Correct. Yes. So that's where you might look at some really old. Bills payable and you might be like, oh, did I pay that? Have I put it somewhere else? Yeah. You might be like, oh, that's wrong. I don't know yeah. that anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's important to review that at the end of the year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, whip, Tim. Whip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whip. Whip. Whip it. Whip it. Whip it good. <laughs> uh, this is a big one for service industries, mm. um, but also manufacturing. Yeah. Uh, building and building construction. construction. Uh, work in progress. That's what mm-hmm. we refer to as WIP, W-I-P. Work in progress. Yeah. So, um, in manufacturing, it can actually be, even be broken down into like raw materials. Raw materials and unfinished goods. Unfinished goods. Yes. Yeah. That's the one I was yeah. trying to think of. Um, yeah. So, that's a really important one because you've actually been spending money to create value. Yeah. And there is a certain amount of value that you've created um, from expenses which are being taken up in your accounts. Yep. So, you've got to think of it as this. WIP is going to almost reverse the impact of those expenses, Mm -hmm. which you haven't sent out an invoice for or translated into a sale yet. Yeah. Um, It's an important one purely because 
Um, it might look like you're making huge losses mm. if you don't take up WIP. If you're yeah. a project company and exactly. you're halfway through a two-year project yeah. and you haven't built anything for it yet, I mean, that's not a good way to run a project. But no, your cash flow would be terrible. Yeah, but like, let's say a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could happen because they do huge cases over several yeah. years and they may not take many payments. Yeah, yeah it's true. So, um, so, you would want to be taking up WIP mm-hmm. because... Otherwise, it's going to look like you're making very large losses. Yeah. And when you do eventually invoice out for that work, mm. it's all all of that income and all of that profit's going to hit in one year, mm. in that year that you do it. Yeah. So, and the the reason why, um, yeah. So there's two things that you should consider here. The first one, the reason why it's an asset, mm. um, as Tim was explaining, is because um, this is time, effort, materials, and things that are all put together that are going to give you a future benefit that is a bill that you're going to send somebody. Definitely. Um, so, it sits as an asset because it's not related to any income right now. Mm-hmm. It's related to future inflows of income. Yep. Um, and as Tim said, you're going to make a huge loss in this year if you leave it all in expenses. But in the year you get all the income, you're going to make huge gains. So, as Tim was saying, it puts it all together. Yeah. So, that's a good one. Makes sense. Hmm. Uh, we're at 25 minutes, Tim. Okay, we've got a good, good yeah. five minutes left. So, the next thing um, to consider yes. uh, is just other documents you're going to need to get and give to your accountant. Best to get them now while it's, while it's fresh. Exactly. And so these are things, easily accessible. Yeah. These are things like your um, closing bank statements and yeah. loan statements. Yeah. So, not potentially everyone nah. from during the year unless you're a super fund. Nah. And you potentially will need all of the, all the, all the bank statements. But just the one that shows the balance at 30 June. And why is this? Because we need to confirm the value on your balance sheet of your bank account and also to double check that everything's been entered in. Because if that bank account balance is wrong in your accounting software, uh, it either means that the transactions haven't like have been missed, haven't come through, haven't been entered, or too many have been entered. Mm. Um, and also just can yeah, as I said, confirms the value of that asset on your balance sheet. Yeah, so it's it's all about reconciling, really. Right. Yeah. So um, I love a, bit, a good bit of reconciliation. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's really important. I, I I actually sent out a question to a client last week, and they were like, "Well, there's bank feeds in zero. Mm. Why why do you need my bank statements? It's mm. all in there." Yeah, it's like, yeah, but the bank statement is the source of truth. Yeah, exactly. Zero is giving me a pretty accurate thing. Yeah, maybe like one in a thousand times they lose. A line from your bank yeah. feed or they duplicate a line. Or, or somebody's entered in a manual transaction and then manually yeah. reconciled it. Yeah. Or even deleted transactions. Deleted transactions. That happens. It happens. Sometimes feeds drop out as well. So, don't, don't 100% trust your bank feed. Yeah. So, you can 99.9% trust it. Yeah. But just know sometimes it might be a little off. It's worth checking. Yeah. And your accountant should be asking for that information. Yeah. Otherwise... They may not be reviewing thoroughly enough. Exactly. Your work. Exactly. So, other documents you might need to give them if you've purchased any assets during the year. Yep. um, Then gather through your finance documents and the invoice for those assets and send them through to your accountant. Um, Loan documents. Loan documents. So, that's again, so like a good example, you bought a car during the year. Yep. Your accountant may or may not have helped you set up um, the loan in the books. Yep. Yep. If they haven't, then Same they through. will want to see the loan documents. Yeah, absolutely. Because 
the loan documents show how much interest there is mm-hmm. on the loan and how what the repayments are and how many repayments there are. Yeah. <clears throat> and right. there are charges when a loan is established. Yeah. So, there's a lot of things to check there. Yeah. So, a few other things that you're going to need to do. Um, and this starts to get specific now into some industries and Tim might have some other ideas as well. But what I was thinking is there's a few lodgements that are due around this time. Um, payment summaries. True. Um, TPAR lodgements. Yep. So, things that you need to check all your pay runs are done up to date. Um, all your subcontractors, if you're a builder or in the courier business or in the, um, uh, what's the other one that came in this year? Um, cleaning. Cleaning business. And there's, IT. A, there's about three or four more that start from this month. Mm. So, they'll be the first one due will be next year. Yeah. So, that's IT, I think, and um, a couple of other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you need to make sure all your subcontractor details in there. So, their ABN, mm-hmm. whether or not they register for GST, their yep. address, check all that information. Um, lodge your payment summaries. Yeah, so the fourteenth is when yeah. it the payment summary should have been sent to your employees. Yeah, and then sent to the ATO is fourteenth of July. Sorry, yeah. to the employees. Yeah, fourteenth of August yeah. to be sent to the ATO. Correct. And your TPARs, I believe, are due on the twenty eighth of August. Yeah, somewhere around then. Something like that. It's where it used to be earlier, but they've yeah. they've pushed it. Hmm. I looked this up the other day and I was like, oh, wow, I think that's later than it used to be. They can be quite tricky to compile. It's hard. You need, sometimes you need to get a lot of information because someone yeah. might have used a subcontractor once. I know. You know, that subcontractor gave him a crappy invoice that didn't yeah. have all the proper details on it. Mm. And then legally, they probably should have withheld 45% mm. of the payments. So, TPAR, if, you, if you're wondering what yeah. that is, it's a taxable payments annual report. Yeah. And essentially, it's the ATO trying to cross-match information mm. for subcontractors and the people who are paying subcontractors. So, typically, in the building industry, there's a lot of subcontractors, which yeah. are legitimate. Yeah. They're legitimate subcontractors, say a, a tiler um, yeah. who would come in and do some tiling for someone who's building a home mm-hmm. who might be a, a builder and they don't do tiling. Yeah. So, that's legitimate. They send them an invoice. They've got an ABN and all their info and whether or not they're charging GST on it. Yeah. Technically, the builder should keep track of their ABN if they ch- paid them GST, yeah. what their phone number and address is. Yeah. And then every subcontractor like that, that mm. they paid during the year, mm. they send a report off to the ATO with the totals mm-hmm. per subcontractor. Yeah. And then the ATO has all that info, which they can then go and speak to Joe Blog, who was the Tyler. Yeah. And say, well, um, the builder's saying he paid you this much. Yeah. Yet, in your income tax, you only lodged this half much. of that as income. Yeah. Why is this? Exactly. So, that's why they're doing that. And they're actually expanding it across more and more, and more, more industries, industries, which yeah. they find there are a lot of subcontractors or... Yeah. People doing cash jobs. Yes. Yeah, yes. essentially. Um, which, which makes it almost impossible for somebody who has paid cash to somebody mm. um, to get away with it. I mean, because if you want to declare that as an expense, unless you're putting it under the wrong expense account, which is bad in itself, mm. um, you can't claim it. So, here's an interesting one, Dan. This, mm. is, this is one of my business updates. I was going to save it for the next mm. podcast, but um, in, a, in a week's time. Mm. But, um, but actually, I'll just say it now. The tax office has reminded the accounting community that cash in hand payments to employees and contractors will no longer be eligible for a tax deduction yeah. as part of a crackdown on undeclared earnings. Yeah. So, interestingly, cash payments to those people used to be deductible. Not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, you can't get away. That's just how, how yeah. do you get away with it. Like you've got to literally report to the ATO who you paid. I know. Exactly. So the onus paid. is on the person paying yeah. the cash now. Yeah. You can't just pay cash and 
if they ask for cash and yeah. they go, well, that's on them. Yeah, because they, they, they need to put it in their income. It's now on you. It's on you. If you're yeah. paying cash, you can't deduct it. That's yeah. actually a big change. It's a big change. Um, yeah, so it's, it's an interesting one. Um, there was something that I heard recently that the ATO were trying to get um, what they call like a primary contractor um, to not work with people whose lodgements aren't up to date. So you actually have to ask the people. Wow. Uh, is your tax returns up to date? Was that yesterday? I, I heard this. Yeah. Yeah. That's hectic. Insane. So they're actually Which is trying a step to, too far, to, in my opinion. The ATO is trying to get, let's say, a big builder yeah. to enforce their subcontractors to lodge stuff on time. Correct. Wow. Which is a step too far. It's not their responsibility. It's not the builder's that. responsibility. Nah. They're a business. Exactly. They've got other things to worry about. That's exactly. the ATO's job. Exactly. Well, the ATO should be paying them for that. Exactly. <sighs> it frustrates me. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a lot happening in that space. Tim, hmm. is there anything else you need to be giving your accountant? Um, okay, yes, there is. Anything that you bought in cash, speaking of which, yeah. or paid from your own bank account, yeah. it may not have gone through a bank feed. We need that information. Definitely we need that information. Otherwise, you're going to miss the deduction. Yeah. Don't just assume that we have all the information. Yeah. Um, you might have also missed things for GST purposes during the year, if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, something I often say to, to people is, you know, our tax returns and financial statements are only as good as the data you put in your accounting software. Yeah, definitely. So, if, if you're not putting everything through your accounting software, mm. we're never going to know about it. No. <laughs> and we're like, we should ask the question we as do. well. Yeah. But... Um, it helps if you're forthcoming and saying, yeah. oh, there was a few things that were missed. Yeah. Can you put these in? Exactly. And every accountant will be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's put them in. Yeah. Um, so, the other thing you could think about is if you're in business and you are buying computers or devices or any assets which you ended up using for business purposes... Put it in. They could definitely be claimed as a business deduction. 100%. Put it in. Yeah. Put it in. Um, so those other sort of things, I guess you'd be looking at mm. as well. Uh, I think also we discussed super. Super. So if you did make any extra payments to your super, mm-hmm. as let's say you're in a really diligent habit of um, you're self-employed, you don't pay yourself a wage. Let's say you're a sole trader. Yep. Or in a trust. Yep. And outside of all that, you always put $100 a month into super. Yep. Because you read The Barefoot Investor yep. and... He said to put more money He said to put more money into super. Yeah. Um, well, that's actually deductible for you. Correct. Um, but to get that to be deductible, you need to submit a form to your super fund mm-hmm. that says to them that you intend to claim that as a tax deduction. Yeah. And then they make sure that it's put through correctly in their end. Mm-hmm. They send you a letter back that says, yep, sounds good. And you then put it in the correct spot in your tax return. You actually need to have that letter before you lodge your tax return. Correct. Because otherwise it's not deductible. That's right. Went through that with someone last week. Yeah. I I went through that with someone last year. (laughs) Was it you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, What about logbooks? Logbooks. Just check your logbook year. Check your logbook year. Make sure it's still valid. The ATO are specifically looking at motor vehicles mm. this year and the past couple. So, yeah. um, if you haven't done a logbook and your accountant always says, what's your logbook percentage? And you say, it's 20 or it's 80. Mm. Uh, if you don't have a logbook that actually substantiates that, then you need to go out and get that. Yeah. So, go do that. It's 35 minutes. Is that 35? Yeah. 
Tim missed his, his horn. Have we been going for 35 minutes? Yeah. All right, let's move on. All right, other things, Tim. <sighs> My other thing, Dan, mm. is the NBA trade week. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I was reading about it this morning. I woke yeah. up early. and uh, That happened like a week ago? Yeah, I think it closes today. I mean, yeah, a week ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, uh, there hasn't been any massive, massive trades. Mm. Kevin Durant went somewhere to Brooklyn, mm. I think. But he's injured. He did his Achilles. That's the guy. Remember I told you, you yeah. can see his, you can literally see his calf from the Raptors wobble. Mm. No, he's from uh, Golden State Warriors. Golden State. Golden yeah, State. and his and his calf like mm. wobbled. I remember he wobbled me. when yeah. his Achilles snapped. It was gross. It sounds gross. And then there's um, uh, Russell Westbrook. Mm. He is a bit of a gun, mm. but also a bit of a show pony. Loves loves getting the ball. Loves mm. having a lot of shots. So he's not right. very efficient. Yeah, which is great for a team with not many stars in it. Yeah, he, he'll he'll score you fifty points. Yeah, in a game. But um, he was traded. Uh, so they've just traded their best player mm. to um, the Rockets. To the Rockets. Yeah, which has James Harden. Mm. And uh, what so, what they trade him for? Like a washing machine oh, some, and <laughs> some dollars, uh, some draft picks, mm. a lot of draft picks, and and yeah, it's it's really interesting um, because people. What I've read is they're saying that the Rockets have lost on that trade; that it's not going to work, right? Because because they've already um, got a star, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, mm. he's sort of like he wants to be the number one, mm. but the guy James Harden. I mean, he's he's one of the best players in the NBA. Mm. And um, all their game revolves around him. Mm. So Westbrook is going to have to really like Step sacrifice yeah. his game for their system to work. And they just one. don't think that's going to work. It's a tough one. So they've sold the farm to get this guy in mm. and it could actually make their team worse. Isn't that interesting? I find that interesting. That is very interesting. That is very interesting. Just egos. Yeah. I wonder, surely they would have thought of that though. Like you think, but <sighs> who knows? Who knows? Who Maybe knows? they just couldn't pass up. A good deal on this yeah. superstar player. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Fascinating. would love to run the numbers on that one. Play, play with the numbers. Play with the numbers. I'd love to play with the numbers. Mm. Um, cool. My other thing was mm. um, on last Sunday night, the Wimbledon final, Federer versus Djokovic. Federer won. Hey. Yeah. I mean, he had a tough match against Nadal yeah. in the quarters. Yeah. yeah in the semis. The semis, and then uh, yeah, and then he just pushed through. Yeah, yeah. I that really third set in particular was difficult for him. I don't know. Like, I really have a gut feel that Djokovic potentially won. Are you sure you're not wrong? No, Federer yeah. won. Oh. Federer won. Huh. Yeah, twenty first title, tenth at Wimbledon. <laughs> well, good luck. I mean, well done to Roger Federer. <laughs> No, so obviously the game hasn't happened yet, but yeah. um, you're tipping the Fed. I'm tipping the Fed. I mean, he just beat Nadal in four sets. In four sets, I watched the highlights of that this morning so too. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, they were playing pretty hard tennis. Yeah, hard tennis. Hard tennis. <laughs> um, they, were, they were both playing so well. It was like so many good just drop shots and volleys that came off giant yeah. forehands and yeah. just crazy. Mm. The two of them, insane. And then Djokovic won in four as well. Oh, who'd he beat? Uh, Roberto August, whatever uh, that guy's name is. Yeah. Yep. So, I think it was two Spaniards that lost the semis. Wow. Yeah. Wow, they'd be disappointed. They would be. 
Um, yeah, so yeah. Federer Djokovic. Um, maybe we'll find a nice pub in Queenstown to sit down and uh, watch the match. Definitely Although that'll should. Probably, it'll probably start at like 10 p.m. Maybe we won't watch it. We'll see. We'll see what the snow's looking like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If if the Monday snow is horrible, then maybe that'll be our first. Yeah, we that'll might be take the day, the day we off. don't yeah. ski. Maybe. Um, cool. Yeah. That's a good one. Nice. Yeah, it's all sport today. It's all surprisingly coming from, from me. Yeah. Anyway. Definitely. Mm. Mm. Sport. Sport. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. As we one said- One thing you've never been called, sporty. Sporty. <laughs> It's true. Sporty Dan. I've never really been called Sporty Dan. Every time you call me now, I'm going to answer the phone. Hey, Sport. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Yeah, nice. Gives me some confidence. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram. Instagram. On the Grams. On the Grams. Uh, We've been posting a few photos while from Queenstown. Dr- yeah. yeah. Uh, two Drunk Accountants. At Two Drunk Accountants. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Two Drunk Accountants. Twitter, yeah. at Two Drunk Podcast. Gmail, at... Uh, too drunk podcast at gmail.com so find us in all those places give us a rating give us a review on apple and uh we will calculate it <laughs>